only one way for us to go through the unexpected sadness, and that is to express our thankfulness. We are so very grateful to have had such a great friend like Grizz with Liz for over 10 years. From the very first moment, Grizz has drawn us towards him, his joyful presence, his positivity, his huge smile, his kindness, and his showing how much he loves animals all were there during the first hour we met him. Little did we know then how much more Grizz represented. His amazing many, many talents in so many areas, areas that he always put to practice to make his friends happy, all those we have been appreciating during those years. There were his amazing works of wood and steel, things he not only made himself, but perfectly personalized them for every occasion, sad and happy for us. To even, he even went much further. He made memorials for friends of ours that he hardly knew. And of course, there was his wonderful music, his one-man band that I adored. I still do not know how he managed to make it happen that you felt as if you were listening to a whole perfect band. No matter what kind of day you had, even when being down, attending Grizz's gigs immediately got you right back up, made you happy, and changed you in an amazing, joyful way. Grizz was not only a master of playing his guitar and drums, but you could see how much he loved to entertain and give joy to his audience. want to stay down here? Come up here, buddy. Why don't you come up here? Come on up. He's crazy. All right. Oh, thank you. You're all good. I never thought Grace would be would leave us so soon, especially after being struck by lightning two times. You couldn't ask for a better friend and coworker like him. If you needed something, he would be there in heartbeat. That's just the kind of person he was. We will miss you, Grace. 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Watch your step. Thank you, Wes. Okay, Carol. There you go. You know, I don't know. You okay coming up here, honey? No, we'll get, okay. Oh, yeah, you do better than me. You want to use this, sweetie? Yes. I'll hold that for you. Oh. My name is Carol, and I met Grizz through a family in South Park, Howard, Sibylla, and Heidi Theodore. I met them through three little kittens. They rescued three little kittens in front of their yard, but one of the little kittens was stuck way down in a storm drain, and Grizz helped them. He climbed all the way down in this storm drain to rescue this little kitten, and he couldn't reach it. It was so far down. So they called Roto-Rooter, and Roto-Rooter put a robotic camera down into the storm drain, and that's how they rescued the little kitten. And the little kitten came out in Grizz's hands, and he said it should be called, uh, I think he said, uh, can't remember what he called the little kitten when it first came out, but I adopted the three little kittens, and I met Grizz and Liz shortly thereafter. In 2012, I lost one of the little kittens, and Grizz made me a little metal-shaped cat that I put in the yard where I buried the cat. So since then, I've been to many, many performances for Grizz uh, at the Trolley Stop Inn, at Gill's, at Twist and Shake in 84 PA, wherever he played, the Fedors would tell me he was performing and we would go hear his music. And I just loved his music. In fact, I asked Sibylla this morning if there's any CDs because I would love one of the CDs that he, he made. Um, I guess it was in September 24th, he performed at Bethel, Bethel Presbyterian Church and I couldn't go. And he sent me a text message, and he said it was very, very successful. Um, and he got awards for performing, and apparently the church is surviving thanks to Grizz and his performance. And I told him I was sorry that I missed that. And then he was performing at Twist and Shake, and I couldn't make it a Twist and Shake when he performed just recently. And he sent me a text message and said he was sorry I missed that. And that was just the day before he died. He sent me this text message. And I still have all the messages from Grizz on my cell phone, and I'll never erase those. We're all really going to miss him. I just loved his music, and I loved Grizz. He was such a wonderful, warm individual. And we're all going to miss him so much. But I thank everyone who came today, and he had so many friends. It's just wonderful. Thank you. Oh, one of the things I wanted to show you that Grizz made for me, I lost another cat in April of this year. Maybe a little wooden cat. I got it. Little wooden cat that my cat's name was Shadow. <laughs> and also... A big metal cat that says shadow. <laughs> That's nice. 
Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That a girl. Okay, Kim. Where's our Kim? There she is. Hi, I'm Kim. Kim Long. Um, I wanted to tell everybody, well, I'm not a speaker, as you can tell, um, but I wanted to tell you how much Grizz meant to me and my whole family. And everybody knows that Grizz was given a talent, but I wanted to basically tell you about the other part of Grizz. The important part is that he shared his talent. He touched so many people with this gift that he was that God gave him. Over 25 years ago, I asked Grizz if he'd play it at home in the shelter party for me. Some of these shelters were in rougher places, rougher people. Sometimes you'd go and they just had, I don't know, they wouldn't talk to us. They just weren't being very nice. And Grizz would get up there and start singing and he would melt their hearts. And by the time he was done, we'd have people asking for requests. We'd have people asking for his CDs. They'd ask where he'd be playing again. People would get up and sing with him. And even though they really couldn't sing, he was so nice to them. He gave them a mic and he boosted them and he sang with them. And he made them really feel good. And that was, God, that was his gift. I mean, not only did he sing, but he had a way of changing people, touching people, making them feel good. He would play any time I'd ask him to. He would play on streets, at street fairs. Some years we'd have a couple parties in one day. He would play about three hours. Then we'd go to another party and he'd play another three hours. And then sometimes he'd have a a gig the next day. Some parties we had over 150 people. And I was figuring out that over the 25 years that he played with us, you figure if we had 150 in one day, he just played for thousands. My father-in-law asked him once if he could play some Christmas songs. And he went out and he learned Christmas songs for the very next party we had at some of the places he'd be singing and I'd hold up my telephone with the lighter and I'd say Freebird. so he went home and he learned Freebird. he practiced this and he learned it and he surprised me the very next time and he played it for me and then he told me that this was so hard it was the hardest song he's ever played and I was so touched that he would learn this song for me that and all the things that he did for me He played at my birthday party. He played at my mom's birthday party. He just played at the fundraiser at our church. He was also at the waterfront once eating dinner with Liz at the Eaton Park. And he heard that they were having a fundraiser for Children's Hospital the next day. And the band that was scheduled actually canceled. And so he went and he volunteered and he went there and played the next day for this fundraiser. He changed so many people through his music. He gave a bit of peace and happiness to thousands of people. He said that he liked to play at shelters because everyone gets down in their luck sometimes, and if he can cheer up even one face in the audience, then that was the reason he survived the lightning strikes, not only once but twice. He would get the whole audience to sing Sweet Caroline. He got up and he he actually got people to get up and dance around the room in a conga line. It took us a while before Grizz would finally figure out that we were sort of tired of the Congo, and I'd be up there, but he finally got it. Um, Big thing was he was always there for me, and 
not only did he sing, everybody knows that he sang at bars and whatever, but it's how he was able to melt these people and give them peace and happiness. And I'm really going to miss singing Sweet Caroline with them, and I'm really going to miss that, believe it or not, the conga line. And I'm always going to miss that smiling face that he always had when I saw him. Chris is really going to be missed. You okay there? She said she wasn't a speaker. I don't think that's true. <laughs> All right. I have uh, two more that I'll read. The, uh, this, this one here is from Melissa, good friends of Grizz and Liz. Uh, this is from Melissa. Uncle Grizz was a fun, tough, caring, and loving man. He was my thing one buddy. I was thing two from Dr. Seuss. I had that, had that explained. I hope you guys know what that is. He even made us matching keychains. I will miss our talks and his adventures, like the time we all went to lunch and he ended up accidentally using the ladies' room. He came back to our table and asked why almost everyone in the restaurant was looking at him. When we told him what he did, he said, I was wondering why there were no urinals in there. (laughs) And we all had a good laugh at his expense. I think he laughed the most. He was the best uncle a girl could ask for, and I'm not even blood-related. He was my support when my husband got sick a couple years ago. He actually took off work to be with Anthony and me while Mike was in surgery. During this time, I was informed that my cousin had died that morning. I almost collapsed from the news, and Grizz caught me. While Mike was home recovering, Grizz and his friend Freddie came to our house and played and sang for a couple of hours to cheer him up. He called every day to talk to Mike and check up on all of us, always making us laugh. He was a true dog lover, even had a license plate for the car with their dog Brandy's name on it. He would always ask about our hours when we talked. He, he was looking forward to meeting Anthony's black lab diesel and other dog Kimber. He was very creative and made a bare bench for me for my birthday last year. He made things for a lot of people in his grizzly sawmill, as he called his workshop. He, he became friends with my best friend Bridget when they were in our wedding together. He invited us to their place for their annual Halloween party several years ago. He told us we were going to be his queens. He even told us he had crowns for us. What he didn't tell us was that he got them from Burger King. We, we wore them all with pride. His love for Aunt Betty was special, truly one of a kind, and stood the test of time. I'm going to miss our talks and texts. He still uses a flip phone, and texting was somewhat of a chore. He was genuinely concerned about what was going on in our lives. Love, Melissa. That was sweet. Okay, one more before Steve comes up. This is from Mike. All right, Mike's a character. All right, here we go. My stomach hurts. How many times I left Grizz and Liz's place for a function we were, uh, we were at that I said to my wife, he always makes us laugh and laugh hard. I've always admired Grizz from me as a little boy when I would watch him working in his workshop in the garage behind our house to him mentoring me when I started playing drums. I chose drums because I wanted to be like him. I was honored that he accepted my invitation to be my best man in our wedding. Grizz is actually responsible for my marriage to Melissa. He introduced me to Mike Hollerich, who ended up hiring me as the drummer in his band. As a result of playing certain venues and meeting different people, I end up meeting her. I recall a group of us going to Johnny's Place in New Eagle to hear Grizz and another uncle play in the Vinnie Carr Band. As we were dancing, I noticed Grizz make some sort of motion, so I, I gave an acknowledging head nod back. He motions again, and I realize he's calling me 
He's calling me up to, to him. So I excuse myself from our dance, and I slip up to the drum set. He tells me, grab a stick, grab a set of sticks. I said, what? He again says, grab a set of sticks. I like this song, and I want to dance with Liz. So I grab the set. He slides out. I slide in place, and he proceeds to walk off the stage. Well, Vinny has no idea what just happened and almost snaps his head back as he watches his drummer walk off the stage in the middle of the song. He looks back, shakes his head, nods and smiles, and continues singing. After the song was over, he says to the audience, you never know what's going to happen when you have a, get a couple Swidorskis together. So he and Liz danced a couple songs. Then he came back and resumed playing the set. I started this letter saying that my belly hurts, but now my head and my soul aches. Grizz, you are more than an uncle to me. You are the epitome of what a true friend should be. Till we meet again, love, Michael. Very good, Mike. Okay, Steve. Every time I see your face, it reminds me of the places we used to go. But all I've got is a photograph, and I realize you're not coming back anymore. We're trying to make it since you went away. When you come back with us, you're in our hearts to stay. I can't get used to living here. All my heart is broke. My tears are cried for you. You can't be here to have and hold, but your music's gone. Your song still lingers on. Now you're expecting us to live without you But that's not something that we're looking forward to I can't get used to living here All my heart is broke My tears are cried for you You can't be here to have and hold Though your music's gone Your song still lingers on
Every time I see your face, it reminds me of the places we used to go. All I've got is a photograph, and I realize you're not coming back anymore. Every time I see your face, it reminds me of the places we used to go. All I've got is a photograph, and I realize you're not coming back anymore. here to grieve and sorrow and cry with each other. It is really, it's really hard to let go of someone that we love. There's a lot of emotional pain involved. And uh, someone said, tears are the blood of the soul. And, you know, Jesus is our biblical example. In, uh, in the Gospel of John, Jesus attended a funeral of a friend named Lazarus. Many of you know this story. <coughs> Excuse me. The scripture says that Jesus groaned in his spirit and was deeply troubled. And then it says that Jesus wept, and the the real meaning of that word is he really wept. It it tore him up. So when we cry, it shows that we love Grizz. So we are here to grieve with each other, to encourage each other, and help each other look into the future. Uh, I believe Grizz would want us to face the future together with confidence. He would want us to use this time to make us all better people. And let let me read a, a common scripture to you, Psalms 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, uh, our our founding pastor here used to go on um, trips to Israel. And on one of his trips, he had a guide that took him to a place that he'd never been before. It was very high on steep cliffs. And he, he, he pointed down to a small spot way down at the bottom of the valley. And if you looked long enough, he said, you actually could tell there was people living way down at the bottom. And there was an aqueduct which brought water down the mountainside to their village. And there was life at the bottom of that valley. And the tour guide said that we call this place the valley of the shadow of death. So it is with death. Jesus will carry us through. Truly, there truly is life with Jesus in the valley of shadow of death, as the psalmist said. You know, um, this story has been told many times in our church, but I thought it's fitting for uh, Grizz, and there's so many musical talent in this room. Uh, years ago, there was an old country preacher who got, by mistake, they, they say it was a computer glitz, he got an invitation to a Hollywood party. So when he got there, he found there was many gifted people musically, 
like a lot of you folks. The host decided to pass the time by having the guests sit in a circle and display their talents. One sang a song, one recited poetry, on and on it went. So the old preacher is like, uh-oh. He's worried. So he says, I know what I'll do. He said, I'll quote the 23rd song. Well, then, wouldn't you know it, they're sitting in a circle. The man before him, he gets up. He quotes the 23rd song. He did it so eloquently that the people, when he was done, stood up and applauded. So now it's his turn. They said, they said the old preacher stood up. He quoted the 23rd Psalm, nervously stumbling over the words. He was unpolished, and he sat down. But there was a difference. Uh, people were weeping. They were just sitting there crying. So then, the man who did it perfectly stood up, and he said this. He said, here's the difference between my rendition and his rendition. He said, I knew the 23rd Psalm. You know the answer. But this guy knew the shepherd. And you know, that, that's, that story always touched me. I, I, and if our, someone wrote this, if our greatest need had been information, then God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, then God would have sent a scientist or an engineer. If our greatest need had been money, then God would have sent an economist. But since our greatest need is forgiveness, God sent a Savior. And, you know, Grizz and I talked about what I'm going to talk to you about a lot. Uh, uh, Grizz and I developed a, a good relationship. He, the, the Longs are just such good friends of ours. It's going on like 50 years. But, you know, there's a lot of acreage up here and a lot of things we've got to be concerned about. So Grizz and I, I really relied on Grizz. I, I would be on vacation and Grizz would call or somebody snooping around the yard. I, I, he, I'd say, do your thing, Chris, you know. And so he'd say, look, don't you worry one bit. And, uh, and it really, and I have a few other stories, but t- time is short. We, uh, I, I'm dying to tell you one, but we'll have to do that another time. Uh, it involves guns. But, <laughs> but uh, he, we talked about this a lot. This is, my, this is probably my favorite verse in the Bible. John 17:3 says, "And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent." See, Jesus is talking to the Father, and He says, "This is eternal life, that you may know that they may know you, know you, Father, and Me." See, Jesus was talking about a relationship, and the old preacher in the story had a relationship, and Jesus too said. We must have a relationship with the shepherd to have eternal life. Now, we all liked, I like, you know, the word diagnose is a great word. You know, uh, a lot of you guys get things done here, and ladies, you know, you want to diagnose the problem. You know, you know what that is. Um, I, there's so many illustrations, but I'm going to just give you one. My father-in-law, uh, he's passed away since, but he was a great man, and uh, he developed this pain in his head face. And I mean, you couldn't, this guy's the most humble man on this planet. And my wife's just like him. And, and it's like, uh, you'd walk in a room, he would sit in a corner and you couldn't, you couldn't even move, walk because he would get these stabbing pains. And, uh, the term of this, you might even have relatives who have had this. 
You can imagine years back what that led to, because they couldn't get relief. Um, then there, here comes a guy from California who did work on the crane, uh, crane, on the brain, the cranial. And he found that sometimes the trigeminal nerve lies on an artery in your brain. He, he designed a technique how to separate it. So we went to, long story short, we went to Presby Hospital. This guy, I, I mean, I'll never forget. He, I mean, he, he couldn't even get near him. And, and he was so much pain. And we went in there, that nurse says, this is the best place to work with, with this doctor. They come in from Africa, all over the world, and he does this operation. Pain is gone. And so that's exactly what happened. Had the operation. They do a little thing to your skull. They go in. Put, I, it looks like a little pillow. They separate the, the nerve from the artery. Next day, we went in. New man. No pain. No more. And there's another guy in the church that had the same thing. My whole point is this. He knew how to diagnose the problem. And I, you know... I'm, I'm, I'm responsible for maintenance around here, and I just love people that know how to diagnose the problem. Well, there's a question that I learned, and I talked to Grizz. I, we talked about this. When I deal with people out in the community, I, I have a question. I call it the diagnostic question. It is the greatest question I, I feel that helps me understand where a person stands with God. And I'm going to ask you, suppose you were to stand before God tonight. I have to say that kindly, you know what I mean. Uh, and, and God would ask you, why should I let you in through the door? Good question, right? Most people I talk to, 99% say, I try to live a good life. I try to go to church. I'm better than that guy. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to do the right thing. And, and, and let, let me ask you, let me encourage you. Let me encourage you today to open your heart and have a right relationship with God. Because Jesus said, when he came and died on the cross, he died to pay the penalty for all our sin. It's forgiven. All you have to do is accept. Listen, I'm a work, I come from a workaholic, I'm from the valley. So I understand legalism, workaholism. A relationship with Christ will quadruple your output of a workaholic. I can't prove that. But, uh, and my point is, you get my point. If, if you let Christ, if you, that's why Jesus said, Father, if they would have a relationship with me, that's how they can have eternal life. Now, eternal life is not just after you die. You can have life and peace now. And so 1 John 13, as we wrap this up, says this. These things have I written so that you can know you have eternal life. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So when I'm talking with men out, out in the community, it, it, it's, it's, this, it's so cool. I believe if Grizz walked right through this door, he would say, he would say what I'm telling you. The key to eternal life is transferring your trust from what you trust in, your good works. I go to church. I treat my wife right. I'm a good dad. I'm a good mother. That doesn't cut it. 
Jesus just said, I died on the cross, and I want to have a relationship with you. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. And then, and this is really cool, and I'll close with this. Revelation 3.20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, he says, the Bible says, I will come in and have a relationship with you. There's old pictures out there. I don't have one at the church. You, you people have seen this. Remember the old picture? <clears throat> There's Jesus standing at a door. That door, if you look at that picture, <clears throat> excuse me, has no doorknob. Christ is knocking the doorknobs on the inside. So you and I must know the shepherd, and I want to encourage you, and I, what a, befit, a befitting time at the funeral of a wonderful man where as touching he, as he was of all of us, how we can see what Christ really means to us and how we can let our life be changed by letting him uh, into our lives. So let me close in a word of prayer. And let me say one thing to the guys that are like me, the workaholics. Um, you can't fix this. <clears throat> That's my former, my former life was uh, the guy that thought he could fix things. And then uh, let me say this, that by, by giving up, letting him have a relationship with me, the miracles have started. And it's, it's not healing from sickness. It's healing of my heart. And I'm so excited about it. That's why I'm committed to just being around this kind of stuff. So let, let me close in prayer. And, and let me say this. You don't need a big show. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm tired of doing my way. I'd like to do it your way. And uh, I want to accept what you did on that cross for me. But let me close in prayer. And then after I'm clo- I close, Steve's going to come back. Lord, thank you for gathering us today. We thank you, God, for our family and our friends who have come to honor this precious family. We appreciate the uplifting words from the Bible. Thank you, dear Lord, for giving this community uh, this wonderful man, Grizz. Please go with us and comfort us as we look to you for strength. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Steve. Just so hard to lose Grizz, really. I probably didn't know him as well as most of you, but in the short time I knew him, you had to love him. You had no choice. One of the toughest things the Lord asks us to do when we lose someone is to uh, move on. So I thought this song was about moving on. I need a cheat sheet. Sorry. Don't let the sun catch you crying The night's the night for all your tears 
Your heart may be broken tonight, but in the morning light, don't let the sun catch you crying. The evening shadows disappear And with them go all your tears Oh, the morning may bring joy Ah, to every girl and boy Don't let the sun catch you crying. We know that crying's not a bad thing. But stop your crying when the birds sing. It may be hard to discover That you've been left by another But don't forget that life's a game And it can never stay the same Don't let the sun catch you crying We know that crying's not a bad thing But stop your crying when the birds sing It may be hard to discover That you've been left by another But don't forget that life's a game And you can never stay the same Don't let the sun catch you crying Don't let the sun catch you crying No, no, no Thank you, Steve. Okay, I have to apologize. There's one other person that had something to say. I apologize. Liz's brother, right? John. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, I'm Liz's older brother, and everybody else has been talking about how good Grizz is to everybody, and he's like the uh, modern-day Will Rogers, where he's never met a person he hasn't liked. Well, uh, he is the modern-day Will Rogers, and one thing that I'd like to say, first of all, how everybody was saying how great he was, I'd like to say how great he was to my sister. When, uh, when they got married a hundred years ago, they, uh, uh, 
I was I was hoping for the best, and it's it's worked out. He's treated her better than most men have treated women throughout uh, my 73 years on this earth. And uh, if anybody ever needs to cheer her up, sometime, some of the vacations that I've had, some of the things we've done with Grizz and Liz, bring up the times at uh, Dick's Last Resort. I don't know if she remembers wearing that hat. And different places where we ate the Chinese restaurant up the road. And I dared Ronnie and eat one of those there Chinese hot peppers, and the water just wouldn't cool it down. He had tears and sweat. I think they finally brought him out some milk, and it almost helped. Ask him about the time at uh, Kennywood on the Steel Phantom when he was afraid of heights, and I thought the pin was coming out of the car in front of us. Uh, <laughs> Just, just so many things, and if it cheers you guys up, if you remember those things, bring them up to uh, Liz. You'll be able to tell when she's feeling down, but most of the time she was never down, and you never knew when she was down if she was. I used to get all those secrets from Grizz, and she wouldn't tell me. She said, oh, I'm doing great, I'm doing great. Now you're going to have to pick her brain because Grizz ain't there to squeal on her, but uh Anyways, that's, that's about it. And if I can keep everybody smiling and laughing, I think I did my job today, too. We love you, Betty, Liz, Grizz. We love you all. Thank you very much. Thanks, buddy. Good job. You be careful. Yeah, you're tough. Okay. All right. I'm gonna, hey, listen, you've got to go to the gym. We've got too much food, please. I thought they had too much, but I think we're, we're, we're going to be okay here. Nice turnout. Thank you so much. So I'll just please, you go out. If you don't eat the food, they're going to beat me up. So just go out, make a left, go in the gym. Even if you only have to stay a little bit, get the food, please. All right? Let me have just a, a, a blessing on the food. Dear God, we thank you so much for this great uh, turnout and out of respect for uh, Liz and Grizz. Thank you for all the men who sang, and thank you for all, all the readings and the sharing, and it's just so wonderful. We just thank you so much. I pray you would uh, take this food that's been prepared. Please bless it to your use and the energy you give us from it. Help us to honor you and help us to love on Liz and each other and encourage each other. And we ask these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Thank you, folks. Rise. Be dismissed. Maybe I didn't love you quite as often as I could have. Maybe I didn't dream.